All right. Well, I will you do that. I will read the governor's order and call the meeting to order. Um, so pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford Community Preservation Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained here. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. All right, so um, first in our agenda is public comment. I see no members of the public. So we can move on to approval of minutes. Are there any comments on the uh, December 3rd minutes? Do we want to approve both minutes at the same time, save ourselves a roll call? Mm -hmm. uh, are there any comments on the January 4th minutes? 14. That one, January 14th. <laughs> no. No. All right. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? I'll make a motion to approve minutes for both meetings. I'll second it. All in favor? Joan? Yes. Casey? Yes. Heidi? Yes. Christy? Yes. Doug? Yes. Danielle? You probably yes. abstained since you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> I did read them over, so. All right. So moving on. Um, updates. Project status updates. I know that... Um, Danielle has been working furiously in the last hour to try to finish these um, project status updates, but maybe Danielle, do you have enough that you could show us what you've been working on so far or is it not worth it? No, I can do that. Um, let okay. me, let's see, maybe I can just share my screen. That would be great. Um, let me know if my audio is breaking up at all because I'm at my parents' house and a part of the house that is not easily it's not close to the router i guess you're fine you're good okay um did you guys see that yes okay let's see this the beginning So as you can see, I'm um, trying to think of some 
projects that have been completed since we last did project updates, which was probably maybe November or December uh, before we were going over the um, awards for this funding round. Um, the access drive, I believe that work is about 90% complete. Maybe um, Doug wants to speak to that. Uh, yeah, the um, we we talked to you, Danielle, over the last week about getting some invoices that we had. Yeah, um, and I processed those. Yep. So yep. that's I think I don't think we're quite ninety. I, I would say closer to eighty. We still have a public uh, stakeholders process with the city of Medford, which is something I need to start setting up with uh, Alicia and other folks in the city of Medford over the next couple of weeks. Um, that's the last second to last piece, and then they make some changes and then they'll do a cost estimate and that's the point where they'll, they'll be at 100%, but we're about 80% now. Doug, when do you think you'll come before the Conservation Commission? I think it will be, I mean, would you normally have someone at present at that meeting with the, you know, engineering, fire, police, would you have someone there if that's possible? Uh, I believe Dennis would be, but I think it would be helpful to have one of the, <clears throat> The co-chairs there. Oh, great. No, if, if they can't make it, we come to you separately for sure. Can you guys hear me? Yes, now we can. Okay. Um. Um. So the. East entryways was combined combined with the third floor trim and the Porco Share copper roof. That project has been completed, um, except for that small entryway, which we um, was um, excluded Removed. from the project. Yeah, there remains um, a little over a thousand dollars left in the for those combined projects, but we're gonna leave it there. Um, for now, and if um, MBELT wants to pursue that small entryway in the future, they could come back and, you know, ask for more funds or, um, you know, apply for a new award. Um, but for now, we it was determined that we should just let that stay in the account rather than return it for now. Um, let's see, Condon Shell is done. Um, but needs a sign. Do, are yeah. we get, do we have sign? Is that going to get one of Doug's special signs, or is it going to get one of the metal signs? Or I don't know. I guess it's their choice. the The, the Doug special signs have been ordered. <laughs> Where did they so, become the Doug special? They just signs? did. They just did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cotton shell would call because there's no really interior space that's that's accessible to put it in. And I think the uh, the metal sign would look just fine on the on the back of it, or the front of it, or both. 
Well, once we take those um, bushes out, it could probably be put right in the front. Right? That would be great. So, yeah, we need to... Center um, stage. Center stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> what else? The, um, Medford Community Housing, that early construction tasks are um, on hold um, because they're... They're still trying to figure out their funding for the rest of the project um, with their home funds and trying to get, there's kind of like this convoluted process and they need to get a waiver. And I think there might need to be um, a lot division for some technicalities of, you know, a certain amount of money that's gone into um, one of the properties and there's caps, HUD has caps. Um, I won't go into all the details, but that's why it's on hold. But they submitted their invoice for the pre-development costs. And that has been, um, I just got their invoice this week. I'm reviewing it and should close that one out soon. Let's see. Sorry, so let's see. Mike Lewis in. Um, for the Historical Society Museum, I need to get an update from John Anderson on this. I know that the textiles were cleaned and boxed, but they weren't yet put into the museum because they're waiting for the HVAC to complete, which that is complete now, but it needs to be closed out. They haven't um, requested their 10% holdback, which we do for all the projects. Um, so I need to just circle back with him and just make sure there's aren't any loose ends. Um, yeah. And install a sign. And install a sign. Yeah, for because they're gonna have three projects there. So the textiles, HVAC, and then the small grant for their um, the room for that room with the electrical upgrade. So I don't know what we ever landed on for where they were gonna put a sign. And you know, do you um, give people a choice? I mean, I would think they would want one sign on the inside. It would make the most sense for the historical society. And I would think that'd be true for most historic buildings, if I had to guess, including Chevalier. But I guess, who is that their call or our call? I mean, I mean, I guess we would give them the, the first, you know, let us know where, where they want the sign. Like, what sign do they want? Do they want one of ours? Do they want to make their own? You know, where do they want it? Um, so, I mean, if I thought the location was okay, I probably wouldn't run it by you guys. If I thought, if I was on the fence, I definitely would check with you guys. Um, I don't know the status of where they would put a sign. Um, would you want it? Did, did you want it on the exterior or? I, the I interior. Yeah, I typically don't want, um, any prominent signage on a historic building because I think it, it's, it changes the aesthetic of that building. I, yeah. If it's possible, I prefer it on the inside for almost any building that we would provide funds to, frankly. Okay, because that would also apply to the Osgood House. Yes. Um, the Great Spirit Stores, yes, yeah, Chevalier. Yeah, there. I've gotten inquiries from both Ken Krause at Chevalier and from a woman at, who was the grants coordinator uh, for the Osgood House, and I sent them, I sent her pictures of the sign and told her what it was, and, and told her you have, you know, tell me what you think you would be it would be appropriate in a public space in that in that house 
and I'll tell the same with the Ken Kraus as well. But I, I just don't typically want to put a sign on the exterior of a historic building that's, you know, that I don't think, unless it's there, unless they want to make one that they feel good about. Because uh, inside is just much less impactful, you know, but it's still, it's still, it's still there and it's still mm -hmm. visible to the public. Okay, that's good to know. Let's see, we already did this. The Brooks Estate Trail Restoration, that one stalled. Don't know what's going on with that. Need to circle back with Tom Lincoln at some point. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have any update on that one. I haven't spoken to Tom about that in a while. It definitely, I, I think the challenge there is that there's, it's kind of a design build. There's no actual drawings for it, you know? And I think that's a problem because everyone thinks it's a little bit different. You know, what the, you think a trail restoration is simple, but it, it's got a kiosk. It's got a lot of elements that actually requires a drawing and we don't, we don't have any. So I think um, in that case, we should talk to Tom and then come up with basically a deadline, you know, saying, you know, cause you're talking about quantum maximum funds for that one, basically. Is, that, is it the only one that you're thinking is, is stalled on this list? Yeah. Um... Of the MBEL ones, but fortunately we have not um, dispersed any funds for that project. No. So it's still sitting in the city accounts. So we wouldn't have to, you know, you know claw it and say, write us check or anything. So that would be an easy one. Um, see, the AC again needs sign. Um, the bocce courts. Um, I'm calling that in progress. The work is all complete, but they need the maintenance and security agreement. That was a condition. And I had a meeting on, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday with the housing authority and Kim Scanlon, the acting city solicitor, oh, wow. as well as um, Kevin from the recreation department. And we kind of hammered out what would be in it. And they're gonna put something together and then um, presented to city council who are the ones that wanted to see it first and if they thought it was okay because there was um, some security issues um, both for I think um, potential vandalism to the actual courts but also they were I believe they had some concerns about whether there'd be loiterers or if whether it wouldn't you know non-residents would be there you know causing mischief but um, we talked about it and there's, you know, lighting. So there'd be lighting at night as well as security cameras that would be trained on them. Um, so hopefully that would be sufficient to make the council's concerns. Um, see, Keep out the botchy hooligans. Yeah, yeah, the troublemakers. Hi, Mike. Good go. entry. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Kid slash work stuff. Yep. So Gills Park, yeah, the um, that original grant. Um, there's been no updates there. You, you know they had you know replaced the backstop and the fencing. We got that draft ADA study, but they never finalized it. And um, I'm done chasing them. So they haven't gotten paid. So the um, I'm sure they'll once they finalize that report, um, you know, we can pay them for it. So that's not a pressing matter at this at this time. Um, the Hickey Park canopy, I have not been by there. Hold on a second. So Harris Park 2 is gone? 
Um, where are you? Did I skip that one? Yeah, you did yeah. right above it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I followed up with OCD and they agreed to, um, you know, just cancel the project for now. There's, you know, other priority parks right now, as we know, with Carr, um, Gillis and some of the other ones. And um, in order to advance those projects, we need to free up some of the funds that were allocated out of the open space reserve. And also this park is in an area that's eligible for CDBG. And since the project was scaled way down, um, the city might be able to find different funds if they ever get to that stage. So the kind of like our point of view is CPA money should be kind of the last to be used after you've exhausted the other funds. So since they're, especially with CDBG, yes. um, if that could be used, we'd want to tap into that first since the project's been scaled down to probably just field restorations. How much was it, Danielle? Uh, it was 121000 and that was just for design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have that on the agenda as something to um, have you all vote to cancel it and have that returned to be uh, made available for other projects. Um, the landscape rec rehab at Oak Grove Cemetery, um, that sort of is on hold because they want to do that tree inventory. Mm -hmm. So I think they determined they want to do that tree inventory first, which I believe will be underway at some point, maybe in the spring. So can you go back to Hickey Park? Oh, Hickey Park. Um, I have not been by there. Um, Mike Nestor said that the canopy had, had gone up last spring. Um, I think it's there. Yeah, I believe it is, but I have not seen it with my own eyes. Because <laughs> um, that's when everything kind of happened with COVID and mm -hmm. I wasn't in the city that much. Um, but also the other part of the project was the picnic tables and to have a ADA uh, like compliant, you know, at least slab and accessible path to access that gathering area. Mm -hmm. uh, so I need to um, find out what the status of that is, if that's something that would happen in the spring. Let's see the um, Thomasburg Park and Old Sleep Wall Plan, as you know, that was complete and they're starting on the implementation implementation hopefully when if that gets approved by the city council and um, to talk to give you an update on that one that you all recommended approval at the last city council meeting they did not approve it because they wanted to go to the parks board to get their approval so stupid it's so stupid it yeah. really ends up being blunt it's <laughs> Um, I had a I had a conversation about it with one of the other commissioners, and even he was like, "This is like silly." But yeah, you guys are going to come before us, and we're we're ninety nine point nine percent going to be like, "This is a great idea. It's going to be to find oh. the city. It's something you know, that we should do for the city." So yay, Danielle, what yeah. is this obsession they have with this archaeology portion? I don't get it. Which Danielle? Which Danielle? <laughs> oh, either one, because it's. 
it's like we're not doing it. We're digging holes in the ground to do research and get artifacts. It's like it's like we're building a, a helicopter landing pad in in the, in the park. What is what is the obsession with this? I don't get it. I don't. I mean, the Parks Commission has no question in regards to it. No, the councilors have just lost their mind. I can't. I'm just speaking. Out, obviously, uh, uh, we've had two meetings on this and, and over an hour of debate, and I just don't understand. What, there's no objection from the neighborhood. No one ever brought it up as a as a concern uh, in the public meetings we've had, which now total at least four. So I'm just I can't it's figure it out. I, they I must be they argue it because it's like the right way to do it. Like it's the correct process to do it in order to salvage anything that's there so it it's like foolish mm -hmm. to argue it like you want to do it the right way or do you want to do it the half-ass way and, <clears throat> and stuff yeah. yeah you certainly don't want to you know cause damage to anything to any artifacts that could potentially be there while you're trying to repair the wall so it's the due diligence that's required by the state um but you know i i guess it was out of deference to the parks board to make sure that it was the okay because I guess there was nothing official. So, so we have a meeting next week. So. I believe so. Yeah. I hope it got on the agenda. I think the historical commission was doing the legwork on that to on it. Yeah, I believe it. I, I want to say I saw it on the agenda. Kevin sent out the agenda yesterday, so I'm pretty sure it was on. <laughs> And um, if you need one of us to be there, um, let me know. I think Roberta or I will try to be available if we're not. Um, I'm not available. Okay. I'll, I guess it depends what's on the city council meeting that night, if there's anything that I need to be there. But maybe I'll try to be in two places at once. <laughs> um, let's see, what's next? Um, let's see, yeah, the, the Wrights Pond beautification was the plantings that was completed, radio project that didn't go forward. Um, I don't know why this is called phase one. Let's fix that. Um, yeah, so the windows are completed. North River Bend Park is completed and there was actually some leftover funds around 41,000. So that's also on the um, agenda tonight to return those. What about a sign? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we don't have a sign there. I don't know where we'd put the sign. I mean, we could put, I mean, there's also Riverbend phase two, which is ongoing, but maybe we wait. Right. That, Cause that's actually going to be something you can see. Is that with the labyrinth? Yeah, that's yeah. phase two. Yeah, so that's maybe that's where we're, we need to put it near the labyrinth. Yeah, phase one isn't something you can even see. You know, it's just, it was dirty, now it's clean. <laughs> yep, okay. Um, let's see, the electrical upgrades, they've gotten a first disbursement. I'm imagining that's in progress. Um, the copper roof, that's complete. Because that was part of the large um, combined project. Interior rooms. They've gotten their first disbursement. Imagine that's somewhere in progress. The schoolyard is complete, but it needs a sign. Columbus is complete, but it needs a sign. Um, I know the school department is going crazy 
with remote school mm-hmm. and all of that. So I kind of give them a little bit of a pass there. I say, been doing a fabulous job um, being open through grade 12, at least in hybrid. Um, the McGlynn p- playground design, I need to get an update on that. Um, I believe that they were at least looking to get quotes or start the procurement process for that. The David Osgood house, the painting is complete. I think there's some miscellaneous carpentry items that need to be completed when um, it warms, the weather gets better. The back door and ramps complete and looks great. Uh, most of the windows are have been restored. I have not been by the last two weeks. So um, some of them have been put back put back in and some of them might still be in um, the offsite workshop. Um, the local history room, I, I don't know if any interior stuff has been done with that yet. Um, the Grace Episcopal exterior doors, um, one set has been complete and has, has been restored and replaced. And then the other set is now out and being worked on. And I got actually got tricked because when I saw that, I thought they were both in and fixed, but it was actually one of their, um, um, yes, had, had they had an artist that had drew it and had even drew the, really? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, I emailed, um, Linda and I said, Oh, are you want to give me an update? It looks like the project's done. She's like, we fooled you. Yeah, wow. from afar, it really looks like the so ones that are on High Street. Those are real doors, or are those fake doors? I think High Street are the real doors. Okay, <laughs> and those are done. I think so. Danielle's a bit frozen. Yep, looks that way. Let's see if she's having a bandwidth issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's calling from New Hampshire tonight. In my house, we call that somebody streaming Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we have a full house now. Everybody's straggled in. This is the first time we've had nine people in, in a long time. <laughs> and it froze up Danielle. A lot of good oh, it did. Yep. She's, and she, oh, there she is. She's not sharing anymore. Okay. Getting there while she's reconnecting. So, Danielle, you're the new uh, parks board person. <laughs> I am. I got suckered in. Oh, you mean <laughs> you were voluntold? I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Congratulations. Yes. Good Condolences. Time. I'm kidding. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Hi, Amanda. So you're a new intern? Can you guys hear Hi. me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. We were just paused, Amanda, because um, Danielle was having some internet problems. Oh, bummer. <laughs> so we're taking a moment to introduce, because we, in addition to yourself, we have um, one other member who's brand new with us today, Danielle DeRusso, and Steve Pacini. This is his second meeting with us. Hi, everybody. I'm gonna call in to phone audio. If you could just bear with me.
So Amanda, it's great that you're working with the Community Development Office full-time right now. I have to find my mute or unmute button. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I am full-time with the office um, and hoping to start to dig into more housing-related work with Danielle. I'm very excited to, to meet with you all and um, hopefully get to know you better over the the course of the next, you know, couple of weeks, etc. Okay, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. My apologies um, for those who are joining late. I'm actually at my parents in New Hampshire, and the um, their internet is not as good. Doing the best I can. Let me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had a picture. I was trying to like, there's no like blank wall. So I was trying to like maybe take some pictures down and I busted something and it fell down behind me in the middle of the committee, the whole meeting. Very embarrassing. Let's see here. All right. Can you guys see the spreadsheet again? Most. <clears throat> no? Not yet. Says you start as screen sharing. And nobody sees it yet? There we oh, go. There it is. Okay. There it is. Okay. We were on the Grace Episcopal uh, Magic Doors. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the other half, um, the other set of doors are being uh, worked on in. Um, whatever workshop they are in off-site. Now, where is, I'm trying to find it. Okay. Um, the Oak Grove Cemetery World War I Monument Restoration Study, I believe that's in progress. Um, I believe um, Daedalus, who was the um, consultant that was hired, I think had some other projects in the queue. But, um, so I believe he's gonna start this spring. The, the community Danielle, gardens do they, are completed. Does, does, yeah. Do they need any assistance with that project? They were struggling in the beginning, and I, I kind of pushed them a little bit to help them. Are they are they okay? Are they on a path that makes sense? I think so. Okay. I, I believe so. Daedalus is very capable. Um, they do a lot of work with um, cemeteries. Um, They've done work like with Mount Auburn Cemetery and a, a few others, and they've done work um, in Boston Common restoring some monuments. Yep. So they no, they, they got right this is good. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, it felt like they didn't really understand what kind of work needed to be done to kind of get started on that project. And now they're on the right path, I think. Mm -hmm. So the city park tree plantings, um, plantings were done in one park, the Tuck Park last fall. Um, Aggie Tudin, the tree warden, um, told me that I think in the spring, they want to um, start some other um, parks. See the electrical upgrades, the small grant for the, oh, did I skip one? 
for the right pond that the irrigation system was installed and um, ground groundwork or groundmasters did um, several months of um, pulling hand pulling of the invasive plants, so the black swallower, and I think maybe some um, some other some other ones. Um, so there's um, a little over seventeen thousand left over. So we can um, vote to return those tonight. So can we go back to, um, I think we missed the Riverbend Community Garden Fence Improvements and Stonewall Restoration from MBA. Oh yeah, that's, com that's, that's completed. That was done last summer. And it's got a sign? It, they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? The electrical upgrades um, at the Historical Society, I gave them their first disbursement because that's a forward funded grant as a nonprofit. Um, just somewhere in progress. The Duggar Park benches. Fix that spelling. Um, so that was, um, you know, remember it was a pair of high school students yeah. with a CCSR program and that went on hold when they went remote. And um, I was talking to their advisor about it and it's kind of on hold with COVID. It, it, it can't be really like the project they wanted it to be. It was going to be, you know, volunteers together painting and all these things. So it's, I'm just giving them some space to kind of figure it out and I'll circle back with them. It's not a huge amount of money, so I'm not going to pressure them to get it done. The emergency rental assistance, we got a project update um, today where they reported that they um, dispersed $140,746 in rental assistance to 55 tenants. Did I get that right, Roberta? That sounds it right. Be, they be, had a different so number in the report too, but I didn't figure out why, so. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why either. Um, and I also, um, so we processed, they, so the, the first 125,000 plus the second 62,500 have gone out um, because there was the some administrative fee for them to run the program. Um, so at some point they'll be back before city council to request their final 62,500 that they've been holding back um, when ABCD has enough applicants in the pipeline. Um, Housing Families Inc. I haven't gotten an update from them recently. Have you, Roberta? Yeah, no. Last month I chased them down, and um, they didn't answer all of my questions. They haven't been very good about keeping us updated. Um, they've assisted approximately fifteen households and have used approximately seventeen thousand out of twenty thousand that they. Um, that we granted them, but I don't have exact numbers from them. Yeah, so we will need to get an update from them. Um, these ones that are grayed out, I'm not sure. Those are ones that we, they never submitted complete applications. There was some inquiry, but, uh, or maybe the, uh, uh, the 
I'm sorry, I'm mixing up Malden words now with Bedford words. We don't use the same term. Ineligibility determination form. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Eligibility determination form for uh, for most of these projects, but they um, they didn't follow through with completing a full application. Okay, so and these are the new down here are the projects that were. Can we just appreciate that in three years, we have, um, we've talked about 85 projects <laughs> up to date. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it's a lot. Oh, okay, I just lost video. That's all right, we can still hear you. Oh. Are you there, Danielle? Yeah, I'm here, but okay. I'm only on audio right now. Yeah. Well, that was um, all the projects, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for the update. It gives some context for the next discussion that we have on the agenda, um, which is the um, several projects for which um, we can return funds into the reserve because the projects either need to be canceled or they were um, completed under budget. Did we want to, Danielle, talk first before we um, vote on those projects about the overall picture, the, the amount of funds that are left over? Um, that are available for the remainder of this funding round? Yeah. So um, there was a little over 94,000 um, remaining from um, this funding round. Um, was there, what else did, I'm sorry. Other, other canceled projects and, and stuff that was left over. What, what is the financial, what's the bottom line right now? Yeah, so um, I need to open up that spreadsheet again. Somehow all my windows closed. My apologies. Um, can we just move on to something else while I finish? Sure. Um, one, um, one thing that I wanted to go back to with the project status updates, um, the Brooks Estate Trails Project. So as somebody mentioned earlier, maybe we want to set them a deadline or do we want to, do we want to in some way move this project along or close it out? Ask them to come to the next meeting and provide an update. Let them know that we want to know what's happening. I feel as though we've done this within the last year mm -hmm. and we've had a discussion about it and talked about like what an approach can be to because at first I think it got stuck over 
questions about what the material was going, the trail was going to be made out of. And as Doug pointed out, you know, it, it, it requires some design that hasn't been done. And um, so we've had conversations about it before. I feel as though we're to the point where we might need to make an ultimatum. So maybe we can give a chance for one more conversation and then decide, are we, is this going to happen? Is it going to be done? Or are we going to cancel the project and close it out? So when we last talked to Tom at, at length about this, I think we were talking about, you know, the materials and I said, I suggested to him, why don't you just pack down the dirt? Isn't that good enough? And he said, well, I need to go off and think about that. So how about we ask him, has he thought about it? And come back and tell us what he thinks, you know? I also give him what's in my industry, we give our 20-day notice to our customers that once the work's been completed, the statement of work's been realized and things get a little quiet, mm -hmm. we give a 20-day notice and uh, that's your official sort of binding. If we don't hear from you in 20 days, this is closed out, final invoicing, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That helps. Yeah. I think he may, like, if we ask him to come to the next meeting, um, I'm, I'm sure he'll attend and we'll talk about it. But I think that we need to, like, be prepared to, like, make some, have some finality to it. Is, like, to make a decision, is this going forward or is it not going forward? And so if it's going forward, what indication do we have that it's going forward? Do we need to set a timeline I feel or, like Doug has something to say. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. I'm the, I'm the manor guy. That's you're the manor goal. guy? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you're right. I think we tell him, look, this is the last conversation we had. This was that you were going to go think about either, you know, come to the meeting and share what you are going to do, or, you know, if you're not going to do anything, we're just going <clears> to <throat> close it out. And consider can I... Can and with an invitation to come back with a right. more well-designed project. Yeah. Well, that, that that would be my 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 counteroffer is to say that it, it'd be one thing to take it back but not close it out, but say you've already approved this project. You want it. To, we we collectively said we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened. But if you said come back in six months with real design drawings and, and a real you know something more serious. Mm -hmm. And we'll reconsider it. You've taken back the money, but you haven't actually destroyed the project and forced them to start over. I think that's a reasonable approach. Um, so that you're, it's closed, but not erased, if you will. I think that's that's what I would recommend because um, it is overdue. There's there's definitely you know uh, I think part of the reason MBEL didn't put forward many projects this round, other than the completion of the stone wall, is because everyone was actually very stretched thin, obviously. I think that's an objective state, true statement. You know, we had, I think, a total of nine projects on that list, you know, and it's the same people doing it, obviously. It's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. So that would be my, my, rec my recommendation is to, is to, is to give, give a, a, one more chance and then close it out, but, but have the ability to restart it should the facts change. Yeah. Okay, so we'll ask him to um, to attend our next meeting, and we'll have a conversation about it. Uh, are you back up, Danielle, or do you want us to work around you some more? I'm trying to get um, a Google Doc to open. Um, 
Is it a document I, I can share? Um, okay. Oh, my goodness. Now it's opening up like four of them. The survey? No. Hmm. Um, so do we... I can talk about the annual review process first if you want to wait. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. So the annual review process, I wanted to open up a conversation among us first about how the how you felt this past year has gone in terms of receiving applications, deliberating and so forth. Is there anything that you see that we could be doing better? Um, and particularly interested in hearing from Heidi about what it was like being an applicant this cycle. And is there anything that we could do to make this process work better from that perspective? Uh, well, I didn't realize I was going to be put on the spot. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it has been several months. So um, my... Uh, You've recovered from the recovered. <laughs> um, so what, my issues were were basically technical IT related and it, my lack of uh, I should have realized that I needed to make a separate word document with my responses and then import them into the application and I didn't realize I should do that and so then I ended up having to just do the application in one fell swoop. And I think I was up until two in the morning trying to finish it because I was afraid of losing what I had already written up. But that was my, my own naivete and not realizing. Um, yeah. Did the application itself provide us with all the information that we needed? Um, was it was it confusing to um, uh, to fill out the application? Uh, I thought the application was um, it was thorough and it, it did force me as an applicant to think through things that I hadn't actually thought through. So mm -hmm. that that was good. So no, I don't think it was confusing. It just um, it took more thought on my part than I had put in previously. Like once I realized, oh yeah, DCR. I have to work with DCR. And <laughs> oh right, soils. And you know, it just it started compounding. And it, yeah, it, you wouldn't want to do that all in one sitting. That would be really frustrating, especially um, on a form that you can't save. Yeah. But no, I, I, um, it was great having Danielle to ask questions of. <laughs> that was really helpful for me. And, um, and apart from that, I, I thought the whole eligibility determination part went so much more smooth, smoothly this year with Danielle taking the brunt of that work. Yeah. Or did we do start doing that the year before? I can't remember now. Might have been the first year. I mean, we'd already talked about adding one thing to the application, and that is in the budget, adding a line item for the contingency. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's important. 
we got to come up with that methodology. Yeah. I think per phase, you know, what stage of the project. Hopefully the projects, I think it's preferable, and maybe this is something that we can spell out in the applications. It's preferable for projects to ask for CPA funding for one phase at a time and not multi-phase projects. So far, I think all of Medford's applicants have done that. Um, Malden hasn't been that lucky and it's been, they've had a lot of complication that's arisen out of multi-phase projects. And my feedback is just, um, everyone knows my hang up, but um, just making sure that the projects align with the other like priorities of the town and we aren't just getting kind of random hobby projects that involve town lands that are, you know, that are on either, you know, um, the open space and recreation plan, which I know is getting updated or the comprehensive plan, which I know is getting updated. I think those types of projects get priority rather than just um, like good ideas that well-meaning volunteers have. Well, the comprehensive plan doesn't actually exist yet. So yeah, I know it's going to be a while away, but I think those type of projects that already have like community buy-in should be rated higher than yep. just well-meaning um, than good ideas. That, that actually raises a question for me. When we prepare the update, our, our plan update this year. So each year, our um, let me pull up the document if I can find it so I can um, share it with you all. This is it. Um, so this is... You can find this on the CPC's website. Um, this is our 2019 annual report. I might actually have chosen to call it the 2020 annual report. Um, it's reporting on what we did in 2019, but we prepared the report in 2020. And so this year we're gonna prepare a report. I'll feel weird calling it the 2020 report when it's, <laughs> it's 2021 now. So, um, that's a minor decision to make. But so that just the elements of our plan update, there's an introduction. People who've never heard of CPA before can read the introduction and, and learn what it is. And then a summary of the activity from the prior year. So we'll update this summary for this past year. And I think provide a little bit more detail about the funds spent and the, and the funds available. So this is all what was done last year or the prior year. And then this is the funds received. Um, might be able to provide a little bit more detail about the funds received and the funds available. I felt as though the, the plan update didn't have a clear shot uh, picture of what the funds available were. That's something that we can do better next time. Um, but the review of community needs and priorities. So we will be undertaking a process of collecting input from community members over the next couple of months and from the city and also reviewing any other sources of information available to tell us how the community needs and priorities may have changed. 
So we have this section, Open Space and Recreation, and we had just completed last year the Open Space and Recreation Plan. And so we mentioned it by reference in our plan update. But I wonder whether it would be helpful. Do you, do you feel it would be helpful for us to maybe pull out a little bit more information from the Housing Production Plan and the Open Space and Recreation Plan describing what the community priorities are? Um, you know, this was a very simple model of an update that we came up with a couple of years ago. So it's it, it might be worth um, thinking about what would be useful information to give people. So can you scroll up a little bit? Mm -hmm. So you say here, <clears throat> we say here, that the CPA um, goals overlap with what the open space and recreation plan goals are. Mm -hmm. So we have the open space and recreation plan goals here, but you have to search into the um, into our, uh, not this update, but the actual um, CPA, you know, original goals. And it almost looks like we should have them either in the same place side by side, maybe in a, a little yeah. frame to show how they align rather than just say it. Is that what you're thinking? That would be helpful. I mean, that, that could be helpful. You're right. I think at some point last year, I prepared a one page um, summary of all of our goals and priorities. I, I like took, because we, we've been using those goals and priorities like on a, in a very pra practical way. So I put them all onto one page. So that could be something to include in this document. Um, and I guess the next question is whether anybody would be interested in taking a stab at updating one of these topical sections um, to flesh it out a bit more than what we have here. Now the full plan, for those of you who weren't involved in preparing the full plan three years ago, um, is quite comprehensive. Um, it really describes in detail what each of our assets is and what we learned about the community needs through a broad pro public process. So, you know, maybe every, I don't know how, how often we'll feel like we need to do that larger plan over again. These annual updates are just meant to recognize what's changed over the last year. So they do an open space and recreation plan how often? Every seven years. I mean, we could probably <clears throat> look at this every five years or so. I mean, I'm just looking at how long it's taking us to get through stuff. You know, yeah. we still have stuff from the first year that's not done, so. Yeah. And I feel like the annual reports are almost mini, I want to say mini plans, but certainly we refer back to it and we are always reaching back out to make sure that we're still on point with regards to what the priorities of, of the city are relative to the plan and the goals that we're trying to um, adhere to. Yeah. So, um, so are we talking about reviewing the plan or reviewing the annual report? 
reviewing the annual report. Okay. Uh, my, my question is whether, whether the annual report needs to have more substance, more flesh than what it has in these topical sections. And um, then if anyone would be interested in working together or working with me or, um, or, you know, some combination of us to um, flesh it out and, and, Yep, I, I can I can work with you. We, we, also have, we, can... we also have Amanda. That's right. Amanda yeah. from OCD. Um, this seemed like a good discrete task that mm -hmm. she could take on and then um, at least give you, like, you know, take a stab at it and give you something to react to. Mm -hmm. um, so I can work with her on that. Um, again, she's a, she's a graduate student at Tufts and um, very capable, very professional. Um, very good at public outreach. So I think it would, she and I could, um, you know, take a stab at this and give you something to look at. Yeah, that could be very helpful. I think maybe that's what we want to do. Um, in particular, the, um, the housing section, since that's an area that you're especially interested mm -hmm. in. Yeah, I would love to, I would love to jump in on that. Um, and yeah, Danielle will connect on next steps. <laughs> great, great. Okay, so as I mentioned, we'll be undertaking a, um, uh, let me just, before I move on, just to wrap up regarding the plan. So we'll work on this over the next um, two months, I'd say. And then at our May meeting, we'll be, um, I think is when we want to vote to uh, adopt this plan for the next funding round. So um, that's, that's our deadline that we're giving ourselves to update the plan. So maybe we'll check in on the progress of the plan next month um, in the next couple of months um, and be circulating a draft so that it can be um, approved in May. So we'll be next, um, over the next couple of months, undertaking some public engagement. And the, I don't, so we have two, three main steps for public engagement. The first is talking with the city staff, which we hope to undertake via a um, department heads meeting. Um, and so I've made a request to see if we can be put onto an agenda to talk to the department heads, just give them a brief presentation and see if they have questions um, or ideas for um, CPA projects. And then the next is to have our annual public hearing as required by statute. And that will take place in April. So we need to set a date. I think our, our April meeting will comprise the public hearing. And so that has to be advertised. Um, did we say it was two? How, how, what did we say that it, we were going by? Like the same um, advertising process as like land use boards, like planning and zoning. So two successive um, weeks in the transcript. Two, week, two weeks in advance of the meeting or something like that. So um, we can get that 
legal notice prepared. Um, so working back, so if it's going to be April, we need to have it run. So we're, let's see, we're meeting the second, is it the, the second um, Thursday of the month that we landed on? So the, the eighth? Um, yeah, so April 8th. So it would have to run the 25th and the 18th. So I need to get it to the tab the week before to meet their deadline. I think it's maybe the 10th or the 11th. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a month to get that legal notice in. So we're we're on we're on track to meet our um, advertising requirements for that. Good. Um, so the other thing that we have is a survey and you'll see I stuck into the meeting packet a draft survey for, I'll, I'll pull that up too. Just need to find it. Um, we passed the five years since the, the vote came in last November. And so far, there's not a repeal campaign. No. <laughs> People were busy last year. Yeah. <laughs> a little distracted. Saved by COVID. That's right. The city council meeting where I was de facto interviewed for this position mm -hmm. was mentioned by... Um, an older gentleman that had, it was literally moments before the city council councilors were to set to start asking me questions. Somebody was at the podium from the audience mentioning how this had, had expired. It had passed its five year threshold. I forget the gentleman's name. Uh, he was a longtime city councilor and I should, <laughs> I should remember his name because he's been on city council since I was a little kid. And, uh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. I, it, it <laughs> my tongue. So he, he got to the podium and, and spoke his piece amongst many other topics. And then immediately after that, the city council members started to sort of interview me. So it was very odd. Awkward. Yeah. Yes, it was very awkward. He was mentioning how uh, it should be voted on again. And you know, they, they sort of very nicely sort of moved him along. I he's felt. Literally, literally the only person who's ever brought that up in five years that I'm aware of. Oh, so you were probably watching the meeting then where it came up and I was like, oh, this is very awkward. <laughs> no, he started it within six months of the passing and, and it was a campaign issue when he ran for mayor. Mm. But it, it obviously didn't gain much traction. No, thankfully. Were you like, so is the position still open? No. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it's very, very strange. But I think uh, if you were to put it to a vote again, it would pass without a problem. Given the amount of parents I talk to between soccer and the community and schools, I, I think you're doing a great job. Great. Um, 
so I, I, you can see I've shared the survey that we're prepared to send to, that that we are preparing. Um, <clears throat> we we should probably get this survey live by the beginning of March. I hope so. If anybody wants to give me some feedback later, um, that would be welcome. Or if we want to talk about it right now and have some feedback, this is essentially the same survey that we used last year, and it's mostly open ended. Um, just inviting people to give comments about what they um, what their thoughts are about what would be some good projects to fund. Um, if anyone has better ideas, I am all ears. I would love to get some more ideas. The open space and recreation. So I've made this was a more complicated question, ranking the order of the importance of categories. I've just simplified it to tell us one, two, three, what's most important to you. And if they want to say one, 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 I'm happy with that too. Um, but that's a, it's more or less how we used that question in the past anyway. So I, I made it simpler. Um, open space and recreation projects is just open-ended. Do you have any ideas? Likewise, historic preservation projects is open-ended. Do you have any ideas? Affordable housing, I felt like an open-ended question wouldn't be very productive because people, you know, you don't just have ideas about affordable housing projects to have in your neighborhood. So I suggested some types of affordable housing projects and asked people, what would you like to see? Um, select all that apply. And so, so can I, I, I agree. I think that we need to make some suggestions because the last time we talked about this um, that I can recall with the um, public, there was some confusion about what affordable housing projects meant. And so um, a lot of people thought it was just Section 8 housing and stuff like that. So anything that we can do to um, bring information to the community about what 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 is an affordable housing project? So these I like these ideas, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I always feel like we should always provide the definition of what an affordable housing, you know, what is affordable housing, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to get that into this. This is going to be um, like a what do you call those um, survey monkey surveys or something like that? Yeah, it'll be I. I can do it in SurveyMonkey. Last year, um, the Office of Community Development put the survey, well, Danielle put it out with um, with Molly's help. So it was done using, um, what is it? The Constant Contact or something? No, like Google Form or something. Oh. Like it was Google Form or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I... Either way, we can put a paragraph, um, uh, just like an ex explanatory paragraph in here, if that would be helpful. I mean, we can do that for each of them, like a quick definition, you know, what's an open space and recreation project? What's a historic preservation project? What's an affordable housing project? Um, okay, we can like try to find a couple of examples, like a couple of examples, maybe. You know, what even... if we were to change the order of this? So we provide um, this. The next question is going to be the Community Preservation Act awareness. Are, are you aware of these projects that are in progress or were completed over the last year? Mm -hmm. 
what if you describe next to those projects what they were. and what, what category they're in? So right. people are, uh, yeah. that leads yeah. the example of what. Connects the dots. Yeah. Yep. All right, so move this. Okay. And is this a complete list? Um, it's not a complete list. I mean, it doesn't have all, what, 50 projects on it. Um, so tell me if there is anything that you think should be added to the list. I tried to catch the ones that are most likely for people to have noticed over the past year. Right. I'd be curious to see where these all land in the categories. Because I feel like we should have some from each of the categories. Yes. So there's there's only one housing project on here. Um, and then we have historic, historic, open space, open space, historic, uh, the historic, open space, open space, open space, historic, historic, open space, open space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely try to get another housing yeah. well listed on there. The only other housing project that we have is the three units on Fellsway, which I'm not 100% sure is going to succeed in overcoming all of the barriers that they are working on right now. Mm -hmm. So that's why I consciously didn't include it because I don't want to keep reminding people of something that might not end up working out in the end. All right. That's, that's smart. Do you want to mention the specific rights pond projects rather than just have a general rights pond projects? What was uh, beautification, irrigation and, and invasive species removal? I know that's a lot, but even beautification would be, <laughs> it just makes it, so that's really, that makes it really long. <laughs> that's okay. <All> right. <clears throat> All right, I am not used to Word Online. I mean, the housing, I I it. we had the gas conversion on the housing. I don't know if that's sexy or not, but. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It is for the people that live there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yes. I can put that in here. I have to fix that formatting. I know what it needs, but it's too complicated. Uh, yeah, if this is regular word, I could highlight it, but. Yeah. I refuse to use online anything. <laughs> yeah, um, no, this is great feedback. So um, if you're going to move this section up, are you going to move the next section up with it? Yes. How did you learn about these projects? Okay. And then, um, yeah. And then is there a specific project that you're is particularly supportive of. Yeah, I think it makes more sense to have it that way. Like what's going on and then what do you want to see in the future? Yeah. 
So you're going to leave the overall CPA priorities at the top and then and yeah. then put that section in and then the, are there any specific projects? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, great. Are there any? Oh, yeah. So then uh, the next thing is a demographic section. Yeah. What if we, um, do we, can we put in something about like, I know that there's big discussions around what neighborhood are you from? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. That's true. Yeah. Because I had originally formatted this to be printable on paper in the yeah. minimum of pages mm -hmm. and I don't see us doing a paper survey this year so um, we can add a neighborhood question and then on the race you can just say choose not to answer or they just leave it blank this is if this is an online form you won't make it mandatory right these are not right. mandatory fields okay yeah yeah usually what I like to did, sorry I was updating a spreadsheet but for the demographics, did you have a little disclaimer saying that the purpose of these questions is to make sure that we are reaching um, okay, age of the survey? Yeah, respondents represent the population overall. Yes. Yeah, that we're just trying to reach a and that like a you know representative cross section of the residents. That way, we know who to you know do outreach efforts for yeah. um, to get feedback. So the only or thing we know is geographic. That's all. Yeah, I've had people, um, yeah, get really mad with some of these questions when you don't explain why you're asking. Uh, I'd be like, I've had people enter in, why are you asking this? <laughs> and I go, whoa. You know, yeah. just to make sure that, you know, we're, we're trying to reach, you know, um, reach everybody. We'll never actually reach everybody. It's a physical impossibility, but, but we can explain, like, we can show this is what these people said, but these are who these people are. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they're not everyone. So like if all of the projects they recommend are in West Medford, well, that's because they all live in West Medford and nobody right. from East Medford replied to the survey. So we have to take that into, a, into account. And also age. If, you know, 70% of the respondents are between 65 and 79, then you know that you didn't reach, you know, an accurate cross-section because, um, you know, you'd, mm -hmm. you'd want to compare that to the percentage overall. And, it's, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but you can like try like, okay, we weren't, you know, getting the 20 somethings this time because I don't know the breakdown off the top of my head, but um, yeah. you just like compare it to the, to the census information afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys. This is this is some great feedback. So we'll get this survey finished and loaded into something. So Danielle and Amanda, we can coordinate over the next week or so to decide how we're going to do it and get it live. Mike? Are you talking to us or to somebody else? <laughs> no, my dog just sneezed on the computer. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> all right 
Danielle, do you want to come back to um, the financial report and the uh, um, the things that we need to return? Yes. So, um, if if City Council approves the three hundred thousand for um, Thomas Brooks Park, that would leave us with. Um, $94,957.50 in the general reserve. Um, and then I believe I have to, I believe this has been updated, but $354,243.36 in the housing reserve. Um, and then, you know, nothing left in the open space reserve and um, nothing left in the historic reserve for 2020. The 2021 funds we didn't touch. Um, that's for the next funding round. Um, those are still being collected and um, have not been certified yet by DOR. So I wouldn't have numbers for you there. So we're just looking at the funds from this last um, cycle. And so, I'm sorry, Danielle, did Alicia say that, that we could use the surplus from the state match? Yeah, so uh, Alicia Nunley, the finance director, um, said that she was comfortable um, with the CPC recommending appropriation of $200,000 of match. Originally, when we made the budget that was approved by city council, we very much underestimated the match because there was, you know, change, there was surplus and then changes in the legislature that um, improved the um what is it called? The the pool? The, the, the matching funds that go out to all the CPA communities. They increase the fees at the Registry of Deeds, which is the main source of funds mm -hmm. for um, CPA communities for the match. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, once those higher fees kicked in, and then also the state surplus, which is kind of the rainy day fund, they had allocated a bunch of funds to um, also go out as match. So we got like twice as much match as we thought we would. So she was comfortable with us because those came in in the last fiscal year, but we always apply it to the um, future um, fiscal year. So she was comfortable with, yeah, for us using the 200,000 long. That's so the that, story of it. That leaves just under 300,000 that we could actually tap right now if we wanted to. For general reserve projects. Yeah. But if a housing project came up, because we, we transferred that, those funds last year. So we have over 350,000 in the housing reserve. That's our, that's um, without touching the um, 2021 funds, which the buckets that we had were, the. I think it ends up the way we did it was we, we do 10% of what we expect to get. So if it was like 1.7 or 1.8, um, we would do like the 170,000 in each of the buckets. So that would get added to the reserve. So for the next, the next funding cycle, if we don't make any more housing awards, we'd have, um, about 500,000 then, or a little bit more for 
we've set aside just for housing projects. And if tonight we, if we, you know, cancel the um, Harris Park project um, and return or the phase two and return some of the unexpended funds from the other projects and they would go back into the bucket that they came from. So phase two, the 121,900 came from the open space reserve. So that would go back into the open space reserve and could be used um, for open space projects only. So, um, they and then, go back to the general fund or, or is there, do they have to go back to the bucket that they came from? It, per Alicia Nunley, they have to go back to the bucket that they came from. So the way that the accounts are built are based on what bucket they came from. And so they're really easy to track because there's um, in the account numbers. Let me see if I share, I can share my screen so you can see the sheet that um, Alicia gave me. Let's see here, the one that I'm looking at. Can you guys see it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, so there's this, and it's kind of kind of confusing because this is the the twenty, like the status as of FY twenty one. So as you can see, one hundred twenty one thousand nine hundred. The account balance. Nothing has been encumbered. Encumbered means that there was a purchase order um, for it. So here's Harris Park Phase One. Um, I'm not quite sure why it's saying thirty thousand nine seventy four. I'm not sure why, but it should be three thousand one hundred seventy six and twenty four cents is what's left in a purchase order. Um, I know there were some issues with reclassifying some of the CPAs funds to the federal land and water grant that they had because that had to be spent first. So there, some CPA funds had gone to Harris Park phase one and then had to come back and then use the land and, and use the funds from land and water. Um, just as it was kind of got confusing in the beginning because Cloda had, had billed against the wrong, had billed against CPA first and she should have billed against land and water. But what I have is the three thousand one seventy six and twenty four cents um, that would go back to open space and general reserve. I'm not sure how she would parse it because it came from both. And then, so that was. Let's see if I can move down. So those are the projects that can go back right now. And then we have um, the North Riverbend Park remediation phase one that came in under budget. So there's, um, that would go to the general reserve and let's see, I guess it's in another spreadsheet that I have. Um, oh, here we go. $41,134.10. That would go back to the general reserve. And then the right, right pond irrigation system and um, an invasive species removal there was $17,719.92 left from the purchase order with Groundmasters. We had um, 
put in a, a big cushion for that project and it ended up not being that uh, expensive. Did I just lose you guys? No, we got it. Can you we still okay, have you. My, okay. Anyway, so those are the one, two, four projects that can be returned and um, we do the math. So on the rice pond, the 17 is in the encumbrance column, not in the account balance column. I thought you said that that was, is that a P, PO that was issued, but they're not going to need it, so it's not billed? Yeah, so we, so the it, it was so much of it was, um, the, and the budget was for that piece of the project. So we opened a purchase order for that amount. And then you, um, they built against it again, mm -hmm. against the purchase order. And so that's what's left in the purchase order. Okay. And then, so, and then, so for the Riverbend phase one, um, the, those weren't encumbered because we had more precise numbers by the time that that project started. So purchase orders were only opened for like actual invoices. Gotcha. Okay. So that's how we, so yeah, it gets a little tricky to see it from here. Uh, let's see here. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to entertain a motion, a single motion to return all of the funds to the accounts that they came from? I think in Andre's honor, we have to do a single motion. Yeah, That's I think you're right. I think you're right. Disrespectful. <laughs> legacy on this board. That's right, Christy. <laughs> you got big shoes to fill. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm still getting comfortable with you guys, but I very much agree with his process. I'm very, I am a project manager by nature. Let's cut to the chase and move on. Right. That's right. <laughs> I, I'll make a motion to return all, all the funds as um, as allocated. Second. Third. Whatever. <laughs> all right. So we'll have a roll call vote. Joan. Yes. Danielle. Yes. Heidi. Yes. Casey. Yes. Steve. Yes. Christy. Yes. Doug. Yes. Mike. Yes. So. And Roberta. The unanimous, all of you, <laughs> and myself, yes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, agreed that we are um, returning all the funds, all the uh, funds for those for that set of projects that was um, presented by Danielle back to their respective accounts. Yeah, so I think so that brings if I did us the math to correctly. Just under just under one hundred eighty four thousand will be freed up for projects. Wow! Yeah, excellent. And of the one hundred eighty four thousand, how much goes to the general reserve? Um, about sixty thousand. Because you said the hundred twenty. Um, seventy something. Look, yeah, se about seventy something. 
So 70 something goes to the um, general reserve, making it about 370 something. About 370,000. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I still speaking. have to parse through. Yeah, because one of them, um, the Harris Park phase one, I'm trying to get that all into the general reserve, but I, I have to do some kind of forensic accounting with Alicia to figure out exactly how that, where that needs to go. But we try to get it into the general reserve, um, if that's all correct, so that it has the maximum flexibility for the use. Yeah. Which brings me to uh, an off-cycle application that we, um, I wanted to give you a heads up about, I don't think we've talked about it yet, the historic fire station. Um, I'm not sure, um, Doug, maybe you can update me. Have these gone to the historical commission yet? They were going to request uh, to get them, um, get an opinion letter or, or a letter from the historical commission designating them affordable or concurring that are not affordable, that they're <laughs> historic. <laughs> they're not affordable. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not affordable. Um, I, I, I heard of this issue, but I've seen no drawings before the commission. We had our meeting Monday this week. It's probably going to be on next month's agenda, but we can also review it between meetings too if we get it. Yeah, so I think it's two steps. First, we needed a letter saying that these stations are historic and eligible for CPA funds under the historic uh, category. And then, so it was for a slate roof and for windows. And then the Historical Commission would have to review what exactly they're doing and kind of get their sign off on, on are they on the approach? Do you know if these buildings are more than 75 years old? Yeah, these are yeah, the historic. Are. Yeah. Okay, then they would fall under our purview for significant changes, just as a general statement. So that's probably the answer is probably yes on that. But I, I think the easiest thing to do is just, you know, get us in. We can, I can certainly uh, circle back with Jen and Ryan, who are the, more the ones who are the the interceptors of the paper that come through the, the stream every every day and find out where this where this is right now. But we did not discuss it on our agenda Monday night. Okay, so it's in the process. I think the um, fire station was getting quotes. Um, but so it's, it's in the early stages. Yep. But that would... Um, because it would be off cycle, um, you'd also have to vote to, you know, accept it as an off cycle. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll make the um, argument that it's, you know, emergency in nature because it's leaking and, you know, threatening the structure itself. Um, but you'd have to vote on that. Um, is, is this maintenance or is this truly restoration? This you, is the classic thing that Joan asks every single time. <laughs> Well, I mean, the windows, I believe it'd be similar to other projects, like Osgood, be a window restoration project. Yep. And then the slate roof, I'm not sure of the extent of it, but that'd also be, I mean, I think that they'd probably fall in an extraordinary repair, which is eligible. The, the, the reason I ask is that when we were doing the Brooks Estate um, work this past fall and summer, we uncovered a lot of areas we had slate repairs. We did not 
think of putting that in front of this com committee. We paid for that portion separately out of our own pocket because we knew we didn't think it would fly and it wasn't appropriate. That, but that's maybe it's the extent of it. And obviously the scope matters and seeing the scope would, would affect our opinion of it. So I just wanted to give you a heads up for that. And um, so we probably have, what, so what do we estimate? With the 94 plus 200, 294 plus, so like, um, Roughly 370,000. That could be used for those off cycle applications. I have no idea what the costs are, but um, that would be available for something off cycle. So I'm reading our preservation plan about off-cycle applications, and it says under highly extraordinary circumstances, the CPC may vote to accept applications that because of market opportunities or other deadlines require cons consideration outside the normal funding cycle. So, well, if, I mean, it, I think... The, I think the intent was that market opportunities and deadlines were examples, but a building that is like actively the roof is leaking and windows are leaking. I, do you make them wait? I mean, through the end of the funding cycle to be able to undertake those repairs or do we uh, take- They're not, they're extraordinary repairs. <laughs> <laughs> the restoration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a, another possibility is that we could do some triage and declare some of it to be urgent enough to constitute off cycle and some of it to ask them to get in line. Mm -hmm. And when we see what it is that they want to do. Right. Yeah. But I just want to give you a heads up. I don't have any more information. I'll get that to you when I maybe by the next meeting, hopefully. Um, but that's all I have for tonight. Yep. So the only other thing on the agenda is next steps. We've already kind of talked about this, what we're doing over the next several meetings. We have the dates already set. So I think that we've covered everything that we needed to cover this evening. I just have one piece of feedback um, that I got from a person on the on our forms filling out the application forms. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, a person told me that they actually thought it was not the most user friendly, and that the version we had before this one was a little easier to use than the one we have now. Um, primarily because they said you couldn't save the work. Like these are really complicated applications, right? So you couldn't like go halfway through and then save it and come back to it. You had to kind of copy it all out, edit it in Word, and then copy it back in is what they were telling me. And I, I maybe because I've, I've done this enough times, it didn't bother me as much, but I would, I guess I would ask us to take a fresh look at that. And maybe even Amanda as a fresh set of eyes might be really someone to, to really look at that critically. Could we improve that form, make it a little bit more user-friendly would be my, my advice. Thanks. So Amanda, um, we use Smartsheets this year, um, similar. So Amanda was um, very involved with the um, business assistance grants. Um, I don't know if I'm getting the right name. Did you get any feedback on, because that's what the business had these smart sheets. Did you guys yeah. learn anything 
Yeah, I unfortunately one of the limitations of Smartsheets is also that you cannot save the form as you go. Um, and especially for if you have questions that are more kind of narrative answers, it's not always very easy, um, both on the user side in terms of, you know, putting in that information and making sure it's saved elsewhere. And then also on, on, you know, internally, whoever's reviewing it, um, the way that it shows up on Smartsheet, it's almost like a giant, the answers come up, come out as, 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 as if they're on a spreadsheet. And so, um, you know, reading through more narrative answers on there is a little bit tricky because it's just, you have to, for each person that submits it, you kind of have to like expand it out or um, print out or something like that. So uh, while I think Smartsheet is a really great platform, it does still share, I think, the limitation that um, Doug was just speaking to there. I wonder if we might. Yeah. Sorry, maybe we, we can look into like maybe there's like, a, you know, some other platforms, but that's the one that the city has licenses for. And from administrative standpoint is much, I, I thought it was much, much easier mm -hmm. to, I mean, and because they're applications, we do print them out. And, you know, so we figured out how to export them and make it easy to review. I think Molly was the one or maybe it was Roberta who figured out how to do it. But um, it standardized it and, you know, we weren't receiving applications that were handwritten in cursive. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't getting, you know, literally 50 attachments, some of right. them like videos when they meant to take a picture, <laughs> like it just made it a lot easier, extremely easier. So I would not in a million years want to go back to what we were doing before. So, I'm with you, Danielle. The city moving uh, yeah. at some point. If the city moves to online building permits, um, I know in Lexington we, we do, use we that do. system. Oh, we use our system. I don't know what system you use, but we use that for everything, like board of appeals, planning board, conservation applications, outdoor dining. Maybe. So that might be something to look into. Yeah, Medford finally launched um, online building permits in the spring, and I'm not sure about the land use board um, if they're using that or not, but that is a good point and we should look into that to see you know what the capabilities are of that yeah i mean it's a process to build all the forms and stuff but at least then you have like one system and everyone internally knows yeah. how to use it it yeah. could also be yeah. helpful like a, a really simple technique would be to make sure that all of the questions are copied back into a downloadable um questionnaire and then the instructions can say to use the questionnaire to answer all of the questions and then copy paste them into the application. So yeah, maybe they can handle it that way. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit more on the instructions would help. Yeah. You know, I don't want to change platforms, yeah. it's difficult, but it's uh, anything we can do to make it user friendly and to help people. Some people are more technically challenged than others, you know, and so we, we, um, anyway, that's, uh, that's excellent feedback. Thank you for having, um, I mean, I, I think it, Danielle, I don't, I'm not looking to create any more work for you or Amanda. You, you have enough on your plate. So it's a better system. Let's keep it. Let's just try to make it as good as we can. I will say that that was my experience as well is that I, it would have been helpful to know in ahead of time that I needed to prepare the document and then 
import it back into the Smartsheets form because I couldn't save the Smartsheet form. Okay. I would say, say that like, like the housing choice when I had to do that application, they also wouldn't save, but they made they did tell you that it didn't save, so I knew to do it on a Word doc first. Yeah, so not to lose my work. Sorry, Amanda, yeah. I cut you off. Oh, it's okay. I was just going to say that one of the nice things about Smartsheet is that there are a lot of opportunities to build in instructions. Um, you know, there's just like a lot of spaces to put directions, et cetera. And I think one thing that could we could talk about is um, something that we did for the small business grant program was we actually had a tutorial video that we put onto YouTube, made it a very easy shareable link um, that just, just, you know, showed someone going through um, through the application. Um, and, you know, that was just something so anyone could go to, to, to get a brief kind of how to um, for applying. That'd be a great idea too. Well, you can fill out a form for Smartsheet to request that they prioritize the save button on a web form. <laughs> <laughs> they said they don't, this was a year ago, they don't currently have a timeline for when it might be implemented, but go ahead and fill out our enhancement request form. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can bumble it up to the top, right? <laughs> Thanks, Joan. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, we have a new member on the Christie's. <laughs> hey, who's that? It's our youngest member. <laughs> he was at Harris Park with us, wasn't he? I think so. <laughs> Question. Yep. Yes. How are how are the applications going for this this year? Now that some of us just joined. Are they? Are you? Have you? Since it's already February, have you received a few from the community or? So the way our timeline works. The way our timeline works is that we are in the annual review period right now. So after May, we will hopefully be ready to launch the next round in June. So then we'll start inviting people to apply. So right now we're just collecting feedback and input so that um, we can be prepared when people, when we open up the next funding round, the goal is that people know how much money we have to give away and what our what we're trying to give away money for and be upfront about what those criteria are that was helpful thank you <laughs> so i think unless anyone has any other um, just a, um danielle uh, evans will you or Amanda, update the website on the community preservation member list. Um, I think I added Steve, but yes. I don't think I added Danielle yet because um, I was waiting until she was sworn in and official. Okay. Sorry, well, I can do that. I legit got sworn in yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> legit. Okay. Excellent. And Joan wants to know yeah. why isn't it updated. That's what she wants. That's to right. I'm looking at it right now. It was a very long, very long, stressful work weekend. So uh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I'll get to that. And um, yeah. Yeah. I'll be getting to I might have to take some leave. Um, but hopefully um, 
There won't be too much interruption in work. Okay. Family matters. That's why I'm in New Hampshire. Let us know if you need any help. Okay. Thank you. Any, any website stuff I can help you with for sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. So uh, motion to close the meeting. I'll make a motion to close the meeting. I did, but okay, I'll second it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the chair. I'm sorry, Joan. I thought it was a suggestion. <laughs> it did sound like a suggestion, and it was a good one. So I'll second that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. I, have, I have to make the roll call first before you go. Uh, Joan. Yes. Danielle DeRusso. Yes. Heidi. Yes. Casey. Yes. Steve. Yes. Christy. Yes. Doug. Yes, twice. <laughs> Mike. Yes. <laughs> and myself, yes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night. Good night.